Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tudor Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV Podcast. Hello, I'm Luke, runner of the website, the official website that this podcast lives within. It's thecustardtv.com. With me, Matt, in the northern area as we are now officially in lockdown two. Sequels are never quite as good as the first one. How are you finding this? Not too bad, you know. I'm bubbled up. I'm back at back at my mum's for the month. When you say bubbled up, I do imagine you in a papoose, and that's quite no, it's funny more for of me. A, um, what do they call them? Atmosphere from gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. That image is quite a nice one as well. That you're fighting at the dinner table. It's quite. It's quite hard to eat, but it's easy getting down the stairs. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, having a week off has worked wonders for you. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. How are you um, finding telewatching with with the normals? With, yeah, with... well, actually watching actual TV with adverts yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's sort of you know from getting home from work until post dinner. So it's you know what are you looking at six till eight thirty time. Yeah. So it's not prime the most... time. It's that's not prime time, is it? I know. <laughs> I know. So yeah. it's stuff like House of Games and Come Down with Me and the One Show. I'm sourcing out things like repeats of Travel Man on Dave Javu and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's been while since we've had a Dave Javu. Yeah, another Dave Javu reference. I applaud that. Well done. Um, uh, this is then the Custard TV podcast reviews. This week include uh, ITV's return to not the jungle but the castle as I Am a Celebrity leaves Australia for the first time ever and ends up in Wales. There was, there's been talk for a long time that this wouldn't ha- happen, but luckily Wales just ended their fire break, uh, and so they were able to sneak 
Shane Ritchie and Jessica Plummer from Sorry. EastEnders. Do you mean circuit break? No, they called it a fire break over they? there. Yeah, I don't know why. Circuit break was the phrase that was being thrown yeah. around here. They called theirs a fire break. Because of the, um, all the dragons they've got in Wales. Yeah, I imagine that's how I... Yeah, all the yeah. castles, all the dragons. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, what do you think of the lineup before we watch it? Because we're going to talk... We, this is Saturday we record... And uh, Monday we'll we'll insert our views having that, watched the first episode. That's Luke breaking the fourth wall there, ladies. I know. And Look at me. I was saying that we were having a chat, you know, as you do on work on a Friday afternoon, or oh, it's I'm a celeb this weekend. And I was saying you, that it's it seems quite a dull lineup. You know, there might mm. be the the people that you don't really know on there who are going to be the ones to stir things up. Because last year it was the rugby player, wasn't it? But uh, we had. Caitlyn Jenner last year as well, who was a bit like a, or oh, what's she going to be like, um, mm. you know, when when the, you know, in a natural environment with a lot of people that she's never heard of before. Whereas this year, we've got a lot of people, you know, I'm sure Shane Ritchie will be entertaining, but I can't see anyone being a particular sort of, you know, they all seem quite bland, like, you know, as you say, Jessica Plummer and Beverly Callard and Victoria Mo Darby. Mo Farah, who is the big name, but again, you know, he'll be, you know, good at the tasks and everything, mm. and um, and AJ from from Strictly always seems quite bland. I agree with you, having not seen it and just looking at the faces and the names and what little I know about the personalities, it seems like a nice group, mm. the, the, and and I'm a celebrity does highlight nicety better yeah. than any other. But, reality show but i don't know whether i'm excited by any of them at this Mm. early stage they just all seem a little bit bland you know you haven't got that someone who either yeah is either i mean like last year they got on for the most part but you had ian wright who didn't Mm. hide his frustrations you had the rugby player who was very passive aggressive you had as i say caitlin jenner who was just nutty so you had some characters there but these all seem very Actually, it's it's a very British lineup. Mm. Well, skip forward, you'll see whether our views have changed. (laughs) It's like one of them books that you get for kids where you can choose. Choose your own adventure. Yes, one of those. Skip forward, and you'll hear what we thought of our celebrity. Also on the show today, Netflix's latest big hit, The Queen's Gambit, gets our our eager eyes looking over it. The BBC and HBO uh, team up for industry on Tuesday nights. And one of our favourites from podcasts gone by, the educating series returns with sadly only a four-part series this year uh, to say goodbye to Mr. Povey and the gang at Harrop Fold. First of all, though, we'll do I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. So we know now we're in the Welsh countryside in the castle rather than the... Oh, yeah. What did I, I say? Yucky dar. <laughs> Yucky dar to you as well. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? I, I sort of know what that means. But I don't Hello? Know. I don't know. So this is series 20 of I'm a Celeb. It started Sunday night, as is the tradition. It will play on for three weeks. Ten new celebs. Massive overnight ratings, as just like Matt and I, we were people were curious as to how they move from Oz to Wales would play out and how different the show would feel. Any news on Yucky Dar? 
It means to your health or cheers. I feel we can move on now. Do you want to talk about the, you know, because we watched, the, um, I don't know, what was it called? There was a, there was a, a jungle sort of story. Jungle story, which you thought would just be another clip show. I thought show. it was like a best of clip best show. Best of. Yeah. Um, but in actuality, it was it was more than that because it was Anton Deck wasn't commenting on some of the show's biggest moments, and then actually like new footage of them taking part in trials. Yeah. Sort of, one of the sort of more fascinating things for me was seeing them like actually prepare for the show. Yes, and you know Re- rehearsals and rehearsals getting up at three in the morning and yeah. makeup trucks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked all the there was the bit where he was talking about Helen Flanagan seeing her in the airport, and that's who made Mummy's life a living hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you did you enjoy it? Did you like the? I, I did I, enjoy it, and I think it it showcased the best of what that show is, and Anton Deck have a real fondness for it, and that comes across. And I I, I found it was a just a fun, uh, as it was billed, a fun trip down memory lane. And actually, when it got to the end, I was like, well, there's no way that Wales can compete with it because you realise, you know, how different it is. It's drenched in sunlight and they're, they're out in the wilderness and they're dropped from here and everywhere and it looks really fun. And, and, and then this started and almost immediately... I was less engaged. How did you, how did you feel? So I uh, I um well we said didn't we? I don't know if you're going to keep this in. No, we, we our, did, I did keep it in. Our yeah. predict our prediction or well, my prediction anyway was that there wasn't anyone who was particularly you know that I was particularly interested in seeing what they would be like. You know there wasn't yeah. someone like a Caitlyn Jenner who you know we'll see what they're like sort of when everything's stripped back or there's no, not so, there's like not someone that, who yeah. there's not someone who um you know is a is a sort of crier or a screamer or, or someone just who, a known troublemaker troublemaker or you know they and i suppose in this one as well there's no one from reality tv who knows how to sort of creator story you know all these people are actor you know most of them are either actors or athletes really aren't they mm. uh, in the entertainment industry um yeah and and it really was and, and i was thinking you know normally you'd be watching them sort of try and sort of step on a plank outside a car park for the majority of the opening episode normally yeah, when they're in they'd australia be, they'd, be up, they'd be up high and there'd be danger and there'd yeah. be wind the, and, yeah. i i suppose you know there was that it was sort of into almost three chunks wasn't it we had the the them getting all their packs are doing some abseiling mm. and then we had them sort of settling in and then you had the first trial which you know oh what how will they do how will they do and um, fine fine yeah seven <laughs> stars out of ten you know beverly collard's a bit slow but she's in her 60s i think it's yeah. understandable you know yeah. nobody they, uh, and that showed you know we've got teamwork we've got unity the, the the biggest talking point was this Radio One DJ I've never heard of being sick, and yeah. and I think the cynic in me immediately went well then he'll get voted to do the first trial and, and then he, he got voted to do the first trial I think and he the will thing be with, forevermore if he doesn't I, do well and I think person. I think the thing with I'm a celeb now is we've seen it so often people have grown up like um, AJ who looks like a child who's won a contest to be on the show. Um, 
you know, have grown up with it and know the tricks, know how to get more screen time. Um, that yeah, being no, said, we didn't see an awful lot of him. No, 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 no. No, no, but I, as an example, someone who's, yeah. you know, because he's, what, about 24, uh, yeah. and this is series 20, there was no one who I thought, you know, they're, they're in, you know, Mo Farah's the biggest name, but he's quite dull. Yeah, and he's incredibly dull. You know, Shane Ritchie tries his best. And again, it's Ant and Deck who, who make the show. And I think that's that's it. And even they struggled, I think, a little bit. I, I think it lost something. Do you think, I suppose, if it was last year's cast, or say, I think most people sort of bit best year, you know, a lot of people, you know, just talking at work or what have you, the is the 2010 series where you had Gillian McKeith and Stacey mm. Solomon mm. and Sean Ryder, Tom Jolly. Tom Jolly, Jenny Eclair, etc. Um, and and if that cast had been transported into this setting, do you think it would still work? Is it the cast or is it the setting? Or is I it think a it's show? a combination. I think it, and I also wonder. I mean, we're only talking day one here and day one is traditionally always the the blandest because they're all they've got no reason not to dislike each other they're all lovely all trying to make a nice impression and they all want to do well so the, the first one in in retrospect isn't the best to review it just felt a bit lackluster and i think because that a lot of that is down to that it's all dark and dreary. Even their living quarters are quite then, dark and dreary. But then it's dark and dreary in in the jungle. They always get there late at night. It's it's always dark. It's always raining. You know, you you don't get a lot of sunlight in most of the scenes. Certainly on the first day. You know, I don't think for me that didn't. I matter. just wonder as well whether they whether because of where they are, they're just going to get it easier, and so it won't. It I won't don't get to that touchy. That's I, my. That was yeah. my wonder. I think they're going to try and make it as much as possible. And for me, I don't think it's. I think it's the cast rather yeah. than you know because I can't see them having any of these conversations about you know what was this like. What was I don't care about. <laughs> that's, that's it. I don't, good, I don't really care. Point. You know. I think even like last year, like the soap stars, like a Jacqueline Josser. Or an Andy Wyman, you know, you wanted to see what they were like. Yeah. There's no one here who, you know, I don't care what Shane Ritchie or what's the name, Jessica Plummer are particularly, you know, I know what Shane Ritchie's like. He's hosted so many game shows. Yeah. You know, there's and no... I don't think someone like him will let himself turn no, off. No, 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 he's, he's always, you know, I suppose you won't strip behind the... The the the, the sort yeah. yeah and uh, yeah it's just for me I think if there had been someone you know like a troublemaker and I think that the latecomers are going to be Russell Watson and Ruthie Henshaw so I don't think they're going to uh, oh. ruffle any feathers or anything like that I mean I like I like I like the sorry, just that phone, that phone noises Um, I I quite like the set, the the sort of the the Game of Thrones esque nature of this, almost like this dungeon that they've constructed. Um, mm. Reminds me a little bit of the uh, late eighties, early nineties children's TV show Nightmare, um, <laughs> and it's uh, maybe a little bit of a bigger budget than the nineteen eighty eight. But there you go. Um, 
but yeah, for me, I think it is let down by the cast. Um, yeah. Anton Decker's always were the highlights here. I liked the uh, the, the Anne McPartland OBE. <laughs> the... yeah. I think the only problem is with it is if the cast are the problem, mm-hmm. then Anton Deck work best when they've got somebody to to poke fun at and to and to talk about the goings on in the camp, whether it being bitchy and stuff. If it's quite bland, they won't have a lot of material to well, work with. The material in the first episode was Shane Ritchie saying he was the sexiest man at the Soap Awards and Holly Arnold kept saying she was an MBE, so they kept going, that's yeah. Declan Donnelly, OBE. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I miss them like when they used to read out everyone's name on the trial and do a little joke and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I think... I, I think it's like, you know, we've been watching it for so many years. And there have been, you know, like I said, I think I said this before, but I didn't watch the 2016 series with Scarlett Moffat and Larry Lamb and that lot because they all just got on. And mm. and I think here they are all just going to get on. You know, I, I can't see, as you say, early days. And as it goes on, if there is someone who who sort of can't do the trials. But I think even Jordan, who was the only one who was slightly scared about the heights. Yeah. Sort of pulled himself together by the time they all did that trial, didn't they? And I think, you know, they would have got 10 had Be- Beverly Callot been a little bit faster. That was the only thing that slowed yeah. down, really. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you I, got, I said it on Twitter, but you've got to applaud ITV for hmm, I think doing I, something yeah. with it. It just, it just yeah. felt a bit lacklustre, and you're probably right in retrospect. It's probably down to the personalities they picked and... If it's just going to be all of them patting each other on the back all the time, then... And and I think, as well, you, you know, as you say, the, the first episode is an hour and a half. You know, we're getting mm. hour, you know, say, without the ads, 45 minutes. Also, that... the ads were just unbearable. That's the first ITV thing I've watched in, probably since I was celeb last not year. enjoyed the premiere of the McDonald's Christmas adverts? <laughs> no, that fun was lost on me. Um... But I, I, um, I've lost my train of thought now. You know, on on the hour show, you've got the trial, which is going to take up fifteen minutes. You've got the them getting the meal. You've got them announcing who's doing the next trial. You know, it's it will go at a bit of a faster pace. But I, I'm just struggling to find the personality in any of these mm. people. You know, they're either sort of showbiz lovies and will put on a front, or people who just aren't that interesting. Yeah, uh, very, few, and, very. I can't disagree with no, that. And I think next year, just judging by if they do go back to Oz next year, I think that judging by what we saw last week, the the Jungle Story, I think it might be a sort of a champion of champions or a you know all stars series. I think they might do that for. Like, this is the 20th time we've been in the jungle sort of thing. You know, yeah. this is series 20 in the jungle. Um, let's let's go for it. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying, that it's, it's good to have it, even if it is in this format. I think people would miss it if it wasn't there, um, because it is one of, like, strictly, if that didn't come back, people would miss it. It's one of those things that now we look for on the calendar, you know, it's strictly, it's it's countdown to Christmas, so it's I'm a celeb, it's Dece- it'll be December by the time this Do finishes. you think the discerning, I mean, the non-discerning average viewer has that feeling that we do about a cast? Like well, they probably don't I, want it in the same way, well, do they? I just judging by the people I work with, so, you know, most of whom watched it last night, someone said that they stopped watching it 
you know, when they got in there, you know, the 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 scenes with the the rucksacks and stuff was enough, and they didn't want to watch any more. They'd had enough of the cast, really. Oh, um, that's interesting. They, they just found it dull, and I think that was the general consensus at work today that it was just a bit dull. Um, I mean, I might watch. Well, I don't know. Are you is it something you watch with the folks? Just sort it of. It is, and there's, as, to be honest, there's, no, there's nothing else on, and you know why not? Yeah. But, I mean, I might watch one or more, one or two more, just depending, you know, if I'm by a TV when it's on, if I'm doing dishes or something, I'll have it on in the background. And I felt like I was having it on in the background last night, if I'm honest. I don't did you know watch it gave... with your with your mum no, or anything? No, 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 you did. Just... You'd already gone to bed. Oh, it was nine o'clock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Strictly results show should be done by that point. Half of half of family fortunes, I think she bowed out on. <laughs> Gino, can't be doing with Gino. Um, but no, yet so I mean, I I think it is a subpar. It, it remind, it's almost reminds me of like the very early days before they knew what the show was. And, and I suppose there is a degree of that because they yeah. don't know quite yeah. how how this is going to work, yeah. do they? Okay, so yeah. I'm and there's also there's also the fact that the ratings were huge last night, and I wonder whether that was just. You know, people curious Curiosity. to see how it... W- I'm sure the ratings for Holly's first hosting show, I'm sure they were huge because people wanted to know how those two would gel. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people like your work colleague just thought, well, actually, yeah, I don't really want to spend time now. with these people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, yeah, so I don't think it's like, you know, we met, well, I was just going to say, I know we mentioned like a cast, but... It's more them just saying, you know, I don't like the people who are on it. You know, it's it's yeah. same 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 strokes, different folks. <clears throat> and it's interesting because they're they're diff they're well known. It's not like they're nobodies. Mm. I could you know tell you just by name these people, and you go, oh, I know who that is. But unfortunately, that that doesn't necessarily mean anything because no, no. somebody like Shane Ritchie has got a career to protect. He's not going to all of a sudden, mm. you know, come across awful. After all these yeah. years of, uh, and I think doing... it's almost sometimes the people that you don't know, or the people who've come off reality TV who know how to play the game, mm. are the people who who sort of you you remember more. Whereas here, mm. we've got a bunch of people who are used to sort of hosting or you know like AJ dancing and and whatever that Giovanna Fletcher does. Um, I think she so, does yeah, a podcast so, that gets a few yeah. more listens than ours. Oh. Well, I know I, I I found out today she's married to Tom Fletcher. I didn't know that from yes, the Fly. The, the surname is a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Fletchers, though. She could be married <laughs> to, I don't know, Jessica Fletcher. Um, so, yeah, I'm a celebrity uh, nightly, nine o'clock on ITV. <laughs> Next up, then, we have Industry, a brand new uh, collaboration that's getting more and more frequent between the BBC and HBO. It's an eight-part series set in the world of high finance, featuring a predominantly unknown young cast with a few familiar faces in higher-up roles. The episode focuses on the new recruits at the Pierpoint Bank. It's a fictional bank in London. Uh, and it's all about inside trading and uh, the high-pressured world that these newbies find themselves in. They even at the beginning get the cliched 
look to your left, look to your right. One of those people you're looking at won't be here in six months. It's a very high-pressured world. They're treated as beneath their their colleagues, above them. It's it, They're just not respected at all. And it's a show made by two brand new TV showrunners and creators who came from this world. The focus here is on, uh, I think, three of the new new recruits. Harper, an American girl who has a lot of moxie. She presents well in her initial interview, but there is a side to her that the business is unaware of. She's not as qualified for the job as it would appear uh, and has a friend mock up her her sort of university degree so that the company can display it and know that she's in the right place in the right job. Uh, then there is Harry who is struggling to keep his head above the parapet. He feels so much pressure that he is working and living at the offices full time. Just afraid he's going to miss out on an opportunity. He's sleeping there. The pressure of the job is getting to him. He has a night out where he gets drunk and confesses to Harper that the people don't take him seriously because he's from a state school and he feels like he doesn't belong. And then there is another chap whose name I can't remember and I'm annoyed because even when I looked it up on IMDb, it didn't jump out on me. Is it Robert? Robert, I believe. Yeah, he is from the Oxbridge Brigade who sees this as a, as an interesting opportunity but he's not going to waste his time not partying and comes in late to the office and things like that. Sorry, you've missed out. You said three. There's five. In oh, is there five? Well, so there's well, Gus. The four of them live in these like almost like halls of residence, don't yes. they? Where, yeah. where, new, where these trainees, the graduates, live when they're not at the office. And Gus is, I suppose, the opposite of Harry. You know, he's very much a privately educated graduate whereas harry was working all hours at the office you know he's very much got a a schedule to keep and he seems very reserved in this first episode we've also got and i think the character's name is yasmin yes yes yeah the girl who um you know seems to try and ingratiate herself into the office by buying all of the coffees buying all of the sandwiches you know she seems very lost and very isolated and it's all about, I suppose, trying to find a place, small fish, big pond type situation, yeah, trying to so. make a mark, trying to, as you say, that that very cliched speech at the beginning where it where it's... You might, look you to your left, pass. look to your yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that, and, um, that person will not be here in six months. I liked some of it. I kept to a piece, I think, because we had so many characters to introduce and, and to follow. So if, you know, you didn't spend too long with one person i think if there is a lead then it's it's my my Halla herald easy for me to say as harper who as you say is this american girl there's several things we learn about her throughout the the, the course of the first episode namely that she didn't graduate the the college that she said she did and, and get someone back in america to forge the documents for her you know she's also the, the one who has got someone i suppose vouching for her in Ken Lung, who uh, plays Eric Tao, who's one of the managing directors there at Pierpoint. And I, I, and I thought her performance, Myella Herald, was, was very strong. You know, she was the most captivating. Uh, yeah. I found the, the other performances, as you say, they're quite unknown faces and it does feel like a lot of their first gigs out of drama school, which I suppose helps in this sort of wet behind the ears 
characters that they're meant to be playing. I mean, I really are, are we going to talk about what, what happened? I think we have to, and develop. we would urge if we've piqued your interest, we'd urge you to go and watch Industry on the iPlayer and then come back because there's one big thing that happens that yeah. I'd like to touch on. Yeah. So yeah. at the I suppose three quarters of the way of the episode, Robert goes into the toilets and sees someone slumped in one of the cubicles and it turns out it was harry who passed away we assume just from a massive anxiety attack yeah i think that was yeah. insinuation that was it? my take on it yeah. yeah he had been asked to go into a meeting his first meeting and there was a page of a book that they were going to take in which hadn't printed properly and that just the stress had killed him you know he was working yeah. as we learned he was working consistently you know sleeping at his desk of the five characters he was after harper the second that you were following the most so i think there was that emotional resonance to that part of it and and the other element of it as well the other big story i suppose was harper getting her first big break in the in the in the company when she um was able to get a sale i think is, is how you I would describe so. it if you're anything like me you're booked and busy from family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts yes like wrestling with freddie with me freddie prince jr with all the responsibilities we have it's always nice to have someone in your corner that's why state farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs helping you protect the things you love, and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Tis the season for chicken fingers at Raising Cane's. Warm up with hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, garlicky, buttered Texas toast, and the real source of holiday magic, cane sauce. And while you're treating yourself, don't forget to treat everyone on your list to Kane's gift cards and New York City-inspired plush puppies that benefit pet organizations. Happy holidays from Raising Kane's Chicken Fingers. One love. The character played by Sarah Parrish, who was coming on to her a little bit when they all went for a meal together. As you said in your review, you know, it's not a world that you're overly familiar with, but it, it was something, I suppose, that didn't stop you from enjoying it, I'm guessing. I mean, there was a point early on, I think about 15, 20 minutes in, where I suppose like the best shows that are set in different worlds, like ER, for example, if we're going to mention that every week, that never sat you down and explained what a perinatineal lavage was. You just had to go with it. And to a lesser degree, this does it. It doesn't explain what they're actually doing, what the stakes mm. are, what the jeopardy is here. you just got to go with it. And I found myself engaged with the characters and engaged with the fact that it it had a sense of this life about it the fact that there was young mm. professionals at work in their first job have you watched it, this life yes oh okay because yeah. i know you hadn't for the longest time but it yeah a, no actually that is that. a very a very good comparison actually i hadn't thought of that they all live together as well yeah uh you get the impression that there is going to be some level of maybe romantic entanglement between them at some point also, I, I, it reminded me also of those, they had a title, which I, I'm not sure of, but those Skins episodes mm. that they'd finalised the series mm. off with, where you saw them, these characters we'd known mm. as teens, out in the workplace for the first time. The tone was very different. 
the characters were the same, but they were forced to be grown up mm. in a world that they weren't quite sure of yet. And it, so it was a bit like that. This life meets those skins episodes, yeah. and I, I, I actually really was enjoying the the Harry story. Mm. And I think to some degree, it's quite risky to kill off the only character I felt proper empathy with, because he was drowning the same way I was as a viewer, trying to keep track of what mm. was going on. And I thought, you know. It's not something I'd seen before, and that was mm. engaging. It it didn't it didn't do the old start at Harry's death and flashback business, no. you know, no. which it could have easily done, and which drama in twenty twenty does. And I ended up feeling, you know, a, a bit of an admiration for it and a bit of respect for it because it's not a world that I am au fait with. I don't understand all this jargon. I couldn't pretend that I understood what the Jeopardy was or what Sarah Parrish's character was t- talking about or w- what she even... The fact that you sort of shrugged in your voice saying she got a sale. Yeah. I don't know whether that's the correct correct terminology either, but... Well, I she sold like just some shares in, yeah. in something. Yeah. Money was exchanged. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was quite engaged by it and I, I, I wanted to see where it went from here. Mm. A couple of things I wanted to say, I suppose. In the the first thing, I did find some of the dialogue quite clunky. Yes, and I, I do agree. feel that there was some elements of exposition in there, even though they didn't explain perhaps what everything meant in in the in the world. There was still expository element when the characters were sort of describing their lives, and even even that speech that you mentioned was, was quite cliched yeah i'd also read um a headline of a review i'm not sure which publication where they said that the characters were all unlikable and i didn't find that i wouldn't say they were particularly like like you know likable presences but you you sort of got their insecurities their Mm. ambitions the fact that there were these five characters you know you're not going to get everything in the first episode the fact that you only remembered three of them <laughs> when you started yeah. your you know there wasn't a lot with Yasmin in this episode you know but you got that she was trying to make herself known by getting everyone's orders right at the sandwich shop and you know there was that scene where Robert and she were both on the tube he'd come from you know a night out not sleeping and and they sort of looked at each other through the carriage and and yeah. I'm I'm getting the impression that that is going to be a relationship that that continues uh, throughout the series whether I stick with this I am not sure okay, I think that's fair enough this Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was the one that I, I feel that 
I had, you know, when it finished, I had less desire to to see what happened next. But even though it, it presents itself as quite a serious, you know, drama, it's quite fluff. It is almost, yeah. you know, if you strip it away, as you say, yeah. you mentioned skins that, you know, these younger characters, I, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, there is as well, you referenced DR, there is an element of that to it in the, in the hierarchy, I can't say that word, hierarchy, <laughs> hierarchy, yeah. hierarchy of the, the sort of positions that the, the people find themselves in. So you've got the, the juniors here, like the medical students, the, the um, graduates who we follow, then there's the people above them who are you know who i would equate to the residents like that you know they've got the characters played by freya mavor who was in skins so there's ruby bentle as well who was like the boss to gus and to harry and then above that you've got the ken lung character and the Derek riddle character because they're like the bosses aren't they they're the the, the big honchos who all of them are trying to impress and that's how i saw that in the way you've got that that sort of structure to the the power dynamic in this yeah. in this business but yeah as i said i'm not sure if it's going to be something i will be carrying on with that's fair and, enough. And i, I all... may change my mind yeah. as well you know i'm going to take it episode by episode it's certainly first episode as an introduction to a world and i do think that performance from the girl playing harper a lot of strong female performances this year and i'd put her up there uh, with with some of the best of the year yeah okay, no uh, i agree with that i agree with that so would you say the same about anna anya taylor joy in the queen's Ooh. gambit on anya <laughs> anya taylor joy tell the readers of life how it feels and to be a girl among all those men i don't mind it chess isn't always competitive Chess can also be beautiful. You're an orphan, Beth. I'm fine being alone. I feel safe in an entire world of just 64 squares. Our creativity and psychosis often go hand in hand. Or for that matter. Genius and madness. There's no player in the world as gifted as you are. There is one player that scares me. Who? The Russian. This does do the old Luke special. Of course special. it does. Of course it does. But it starts with a chess game, then flashes back to a car accident. So I think they do it the wrong way around, really. Personally, um, yes, I was thinking that. The car accident <laughs> is, is traumatic enough. I suppose in the case of this, I think they wanted to show you you star of the of the piece which is Anya Taylor-Joy as Beth Harmon we see her in these opening scenes she's quite disheveled she's not ready to start whatever it is she's doing and then we find out she's in the chess tournament we then flash back as I said to a car accident which kills her mother I should say this is set um, initially in the 1950s and then proceeds into the 1960s Beth is then taken to an orphanage where befriends a a fellow resident there called Jolene and they're presented almost as the 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 misfit toys who aren't going to get adopted as opposed to their sort of cuter counterparts early on Beth is intrigued by Mr Shable the um, handyman at the the uh, orphanage who spends his times in the basement playing chess 
she gets intrigued by chess. She has visions of this chessboard when she starts um, taking the tranquilizers uh, that they get the orphans, and he starts teaching her. She's about nine or ten and picks it up straight away. The the first episode ends with her taking an overdose of these tranquilizers because the, the uh, orphanage has been banned from giving them to the children as a punishment for... So this is going into the second episode, I suppose. It is a punishment for taking this overdose. She's banned from playing any chess. Flashes forward then to when she's 15 and she gets adopted by um, a couple, uh, the Wheatleys. She gradually gets her interest in chess back and the second episode ends with her being successful in a chess tournament against people who are a lot more experienced than she is, due again to having taken these tranquilizers, which her new adopted mother is also addicted to. So this I was intrigued by because it was completely off my radar. It's been, it's been number one on Netflix as the thing people have been watching, I think since it landed two or three weeks ago now, and I've seen the old opinion piece and people praising it and things, but I just hadn't, didn't sound like something that would appeal to me. It's about a young girl in an orphanage who becomes a, a chess prodigy and travels the world and is obsessed with the game. I don't see what people love about it. I have to be completely right. honest. I was somewhat engaged, but never really truly on board with it, especially the actual chess scenes I found really, I really struggled with. I just wanted to skip ahead. I have to put my hands up and say this has obviously appealed to a lot of people. I respect all those people that it's appealed to that I've subsequently read pieces by, but I, I, I didn't get on board with this at all, really. I just, I found it an okay period piece, but I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I think the point of, of, Anya's character Beth is that she's quite cold and the first episode doesn't really explain why she's into chess it's rather convoluted the fact that she goes down to the basement to bang the erasers and keep them keep them clean and she stumbles across this Mr Shy Overly who is quietly playing chess on his own in the corner of the basement and becomes into it and wants to learn more about it but we don't actually learn much about why that is what what we don't know much I'm, of a personality to understand the mm, fascination yeah did you get the sense that um there's going to be a diagnosis of perhaps autism or or something no, like that I didn't get that's that. how I... that's how the character came across to me mm. very blunt yeah. very cold very straight to the point not really interested in the world outside of something she's obsessed with for me it's sort of deep-seated childhood trauma and in the terms mm. of what beth goes through it's quite easy to understand why and i think that's why they spend time you know seeing her parents argue seeing that her mother has got mental health issues and i mm. think you know she has not had this order in her life her mum was very emotional she clearly had mental health issues i think she wanted to kill her daughter as well as her that's what i took from it it's almost the calm of the chest that appeals to her finding something that she can find solace in which in in the case of beth is chess i quite like the fact that they didn't really explain to you 
the world of chess, the game of chess, and I liked that. And I'm I'm surprised you didn't like those quieter moments, if I'm honest. I, I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't like it more. I don't know if again no. it's one of those it was where just, it was just plod. It was too plodding yeah. for me. It was, I think the third episode is 45 minutes, and that that moves along at quite a pace. These first two are. I find it really Fine. plodding, and, and, and I, I found don't... it boring in places as well. <laughs> disagree with that. Okay. You know me, you know my opinion on things. I don't need action every five minutes. But I thought it was just a normal mm. period piece yeah. drama that you could see on a Sunday night on one of the main channels. There's nothing, you know, if I if we didn't agree on watching more episodes, I would have stopped after the first. I do like Anya Taylor-Joy, and I think she's a very magnetic performer. And the, the thing that made me want to watch past that first episode was the fact that I thought when she takes over the role of Beth, I'm going to feel more invested because she's such a magnetic performer. And it just, sadly, it just didn't happen. I, there's a nice dynamic between her and the mother as we reach episode three. Mm. And, and it's about her accepting her new her daughter's love of chess and using it to advance the, the family welfare. And she travels around the, the country with her competing. But... I don't know. There was just some. Uh, there was nothing in it where I'd go. So, yes, yeah. this is interesting or exciting. I just, mm. I just found it quite bland. Dan Daryl Miller, when I put out, uh, what yeah. you know, if you want to add your thoughts, he said it's one of the best things he's seen this year. Everything about it feels right, measured and effortless, mm-hmm. which means a great deal of effort and attention. I I don't know what that means because it was it wasn't mm. particularly well, it wasn't particularly special or. Or, um... well, I think there was, I agree, I've just seen, yeah, I've just read Daryl's comment and I would agree with him. I think there was a lot of detail in there. I think what Daryl's saying there is that it was directed within an inch of its life. There was a lot of, of detail paid to what each set would look like. So the orphanage was very grey, you know, when she gets to the house with the adoptive parents. It's very much, you know, this this 1950s, 1960s suburban household. I thought every set looked really good. I thought the performance from Anya Taylor-Joy and actually the young actress Isla Johnston, who played the young Beth, they were really good. And, and you understood their feelings from how, you know, there wasn't a lot of dialogue, but you got, you know, what it was about. And I think it is about this character who has experienced loss early in her life and how she deals with it and how she loses herself in this world of chess, which is very measured. And I I thought the episode with the chess tournament, it could have been very dull, but I thought they found a way to make it interesting, you know, with all these people gathered around and building up the tension, you know, it was a bit cliched how they built up to this is the you know the the key player the the person who's building himself up to a grandmaster of course she's going to you know beat him i think we saw that coming but i think they did it in a way that was well done and i think you know they are building up to her having this addiction but everything i saw i really liked i know you've gone one more episode than me Mm-hmm. But I, I, I was invested and I think everything was done with a lot of detail. And I honestly, I can't see the faults that you are seeing in it. I, I can't understand that, really, if I'm honest. I think I not, nothing about it was particularly engaging for me. I didn't, as I would normally do, latch on to this poor girl who had lost <laughs> her, her mother and father in this traumatic but way. Why? Why I, didn't you? I don't know. I just, I just found her so cold, and I didn't. And I, I don't think the show did a very good job of explaining to me why 
she lost herself in chess. I think then you would be complaining that it was it it done too much to explain that to you. I think it did explain it to you because I I got well, it. No, well, it, but there was nothing there that I was okay. I I I understand this. I warmed to this. It, it was just something I was watching for the podcast and not okay. something I enjoyed. That's fair. I mean that is fair enough. But I I I thought this was a series that you would latch onto because it didn't go out of its way to explain things i think you did have this sympathetic character because she was put upon she was in a world where you know there wasn't a lot of freedom it wasn't part of everything else that was very ordered you know you have your meals at this time this happens at this time take your pills go to sleep the basement was somewhere different and initially she did you know she didn't just sit down with him straight away she she goes down she's in to do the erasers several times before she actually asks him a question it's not the first you know she sees him once and then you know there is that gradual build up to her asking him what he is what he's playing and then there's that great you know it doesn't just happen like you're saying it does yeah, I think we're just gonna have to agree, disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that, but thir- I just think thir- everything one... you were, everything you were saying, <laughs> I don't think you're right, basically. So you're gonna continue on and see where it finishes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's surpri- see that genuinely surprises me because I thought we'd be on the same page about it. I thought you'd no, find it. I thought you'd find it. No, I don't. I, well. I don't think I've gone into how much I think Anya Taylor-Joy is absolutely brilliant in this and I think you know that consistency between the two performances that the two actresses gave I thought was brilliant just the little things that she does she hasn't picked up because she hasn't been in this you know she hasn't been raised by you know nurturing parents you know the only figure who has paid her any attention is this is this Mr. Shable as a result of that she has acted a certain way you know everyone else her parents were very much overly dramatic and you know mom suffered from mental health dad not wanting to know and and leaving the marriage leaving the family then she's in this world of the orphanage where she is you know ordered around basically there's not a lot of love there there's not a lot of belonging there and and then she's being adopted these two people who basically this couple who aren't getting on and the dad soon leaves the house you know and she's being bullied at school the only thing that she finds solace in his chest and I that's what I picked up on and that is what I warmed to about the character and I think both actresses did a really good job you know communicating that and I thought it was well directed I thought it was I thought it was well paced and if you're saying that the third episode is a bit shorter and is a bit you know and I think that is the thing with these streaming shows is that they can make the decision on how long each they feel like each episode needs to be and I thought they made the right decision in in each case and I was invested in in the story. The Queen's Gambit is all there on Netflix now for you to watch. I mean I don't get do you get what I'm saying though do you understand where I'm coming from or not? I can't really this is the one thing where I can't really no, see it. Why I can't I, see it. What what is it that's Well stopping? I suppose the same reason that you can't see my yeah. point of view. I no. feel one way and you feel the other way and I, I and I I don't think Anya Taylor Joy d- does give a particularly strong performance in that second episode really. It carries why, on the story. Why didn't you? I I I I just don't cuz I thought her uh, uh, going back to Daryl's comments again. I thought her performance was incredibly measured. Because that's the character. It's not a character. It's a character who's gone through immense trauma in her life, hasn't found that love anywhere, and I thought she was actually quite 
idea in you know the first person who paid us sort of some attention was that other chess player you know the one who's flirting with her a little bit the one she beat in the tournament that showed another element to the character another element to the performance this sort of coy teenager that we possibly hadn't seen before and there were elements where she was thawing a little bit i think through the tournament you know when there was the other female player who showed her how to sort of do the chess clock and then help to when she was having a period and and you saw the sort of the thawing in her relationship with the Marielle Heller character as well and actually I, I thought the performances both from Marielle Heller and as as um, Alma and Bill Camp as, as Mr Shable were both very strong as well you know yeah it's in, it's an interesting one and it's good when we disagree because normally we just agree on everything yeah, and it's probably quite terrible. boring for the uh, yeah for the the listeners when we just agree it, and I'm sure I'm in the minority because I, I struggled to find anything but that... Then um, I think you enjoyed the third day a lot more than I did. Yes, I did. I did definitely enjoy mm-hmm. that. Good show. The best and the worst on the box. People arrange their lives so they wouldn't miss their favourite programme. It's the Custard TV Podcast. The final show this week is the return to Harrop Fold uh, in the return, the brief return of uh, Channel 4's Educating Greater Manchester. I've known that Channel 4 had a second series of this in mind, and then I started to see things pop up online that the, the sort of core head staff had been shunned out of the school, and I, I wasn't able to find the article again which explained the reasons as, behind it. As far as I remember, it was, as you say, the senior staff, they were suspended yeah. over allegations about exam marks or predicted grades, right. sort of okay. fubbing them a little bit because there was concerns that they would be put into special measures. I think yeah. that was it. I think and, so. and it makes it more upsetting in a way that the the, the core team at Harrop Fold are made up by... by Mr. Povey and his two brothers, they are, they sort of lead the school. So that, that whole threesome was all of a sudden not part of Harrop Fold. And, the and, there was the, and one of the women as well, one of the, yeah. the women was quite high off. They do start it by saying, yes, they you do. know, this was all filmed in 2018. Mr. Povey had resigned, but this was filmed before it. And yeah. the opening is like, we are going to see what. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What happened? You know, as you say, the educating series is, is something that we we really like. The the first one, as as you say, was 2017. I believe remembering that they'd filmed loads and they were going to put some things on like in like daytime if i remember correctly like yeah um so i don't know if this is a sort of combination of those that initially were going to be scheduled for daytime as we said matt and i watched the first two episodes of this the first one features the search for a for a training knife i didn't i'm so old that i didn't even know what a training knife was 
and also there is we meet a young uh, newcomer to the school he's in year seven he's jacob he's a jack the lad he's a crass clown and he's been struggling with dyslexia and uh, it, it only improves when uh, mr povey takes him under his wing and tells him this he's the first person he's told in his whole teaching career that he grew up with dyslexia and Yes, you're going to struggle with reading and writing. Yes, things are going to be harder for you. But look what I've managed to achieve despite dyslexia. And uh, it sort of gives him a, a lovely spring in his step. And uh, there's a lovely bit at the end, very educating series where he gives a speech to the class and basically verbatim repeats what Mr Povey says to him about the amount of famous people that have been afflicted with dyslexia. It hasn't held them back and they've become some of the most successful people in the world and uh, that he sees it as a superpower. How do you actually feel when someone goes, Jacob, you've got dyslexia? How did that make you feel? I'm different to everyone else. I don't okay. like it. Would you be surprised to know that some of the most successful people in the world ever have had dyslexia? I didn't even know that. I want to get you to see your dyslexia in a more positive light. OK, I'm going to tell you something now. And in 20 years of teaching, I have never told anyone this. I've got dyslexia. Have you? Wow, I didn't, didn't expect that. Why would you not expect it? I don't look like someone who had like, dyslexia. What does someone with dyslexia look like? No, like, you're, like, a teacher and everything and, like, I didn't know you could get to that stage if you had dyslexia, so... Why not? I don't know. Because it would be hard, like, harder and all that. It's been hard. But let me tell you now, dyslexia is the best thing that ever happened to me. Why? Because it makes my mind work in a different way. OK, I might be a bit slower at reading something. And OK, it might take me a bit longer to write something. That's the case for me, Jacob. And I do struggle with that. But I can read and I can write and you can read and you can write. It just might take you a bit longer. I'm a 40-year-old head teacher. I know I look a lot younger than that, don't I, Jacob? Yeah, it's about the 20s. You'll go far, lad. And that's what I mean. <laughs> because you've got very high what they call emotional intelligence. So it's not a bad thing. This is a gift you've been given. I know. Seriously, you think I'm mad at the moment, I reckon. <laughs> this has been a gift for me. And I want to help you see it as a gift for you. Yes, reading might be a bit slower. Yes, writing might be a bit difficult. And Jacob, I won't lie to you, you're going to have to work damn hard on these two things. But the positives are incredible. Then there was this search for this training knife, uh, which ends up Well, in... you say... Sorry, I'm just going to cut yeah. in there. You say Go it was on. a search for a training knife. What it was... Well, they it... thought it was a knife knife yeah. initially, so what... didn't they? What what how it had started was that there a member of the public had said that they'd seen a student at the school or you know they described someone in the school uniform with a blade in the local yeah. community. So it in the then... allotments, I think you'll mm. find. Okay, that is in the local community. I'm <laughs> yeah. not wrong. Um, and Neither am I. That a bag search commences and they find, as you say, a training knife belonging to this lad who has his own YouTube channel, very bright. Didn't expect him to be the one who was carrying the blade. You know, it was a it was a blunt, as you say, a blunt training knife, but... So what is a training knife? Well, it's a knife you use to train. <laughs> train for what, though? Well, no, That's it... what I wasn't... 
I, I, and it wasn't. They didn't use that phrase "training knife." Though they I used something they else, did. didn't I'm they? I'm sure they kept saying training anyway, knife. Yeah. According to Google, which yeah. is on the internet, mm. it says it's a butterfly knife without a blade. It's 100% legal in the UK, and it's used to learn how to flip the knife without getting injured. Okay. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I thought it was like sort of before you before you used a knife, you know, yeah. to hunt or, or do things. It may well be. Anyway. That's just the description. Yeah. That but they like a lot of these stories on the Educating series, it's about learning from your mistakes, and I think that is the through line narrative in a lot of these stories. Um, we also had in the second episode uh, the girl Paige who was suffering from anxiety and she along with some of the other girls including oh, other pupils including Caitlin were giving these therapy animals and I thought that was brilliant. That was something that I'd never seen before and you know A freaking my... skunk though. Everything else I was like yes I can, I understand that. A dog, a rabbit a chinchilla to a point but a freaking skunk but in the job I do, you know, I hear a lot of phone calls about children like this, you know, who have got additional needs and, and it's sort of seeing it on screen, seeing it sort of firsthand and seeing how schools try and help these children. I think that's what got to me. And I was, as I said to you, I finished the second episode just before we started recording and it got me very emotional because there was the, the double wham of Caitlin writing that letter to Mr. Povey after she'd had the therapy dog. And then this girl, um, what was her name? The one who was going for head girl. Holly, 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 po Holly. Holly with the oh, same surname yeah. as the... Holly, who is this girl who suffers from giggling continence yeah. and um, had struggled in other schools before she came come to Harrowfold and had this, almost like this breakdown about doing this speech in front of her peers ahead, and then managed successfully managed to do it and that got me again and i'm like what's going on I'm, i don't know where my emotions are at the moment but you know like all these educated series it's so well put together it manages and... to do it without ever without ever seemingly trying doesn't it i started at the end of year eight because i was having issues in another school and i'm loving harrop like it's one of the best schools before i came to harrop I was having people ridiculing me because of how I'm different. When I first joined in year eight, I was really miserable. And then when I came here, everybody was so supportive of me because obviously I'm medically disabled and everybody was so supportive of that and I really didn't expect that. I have muscle spasmy things. They're not, it's not like a seizure, but so your stomach bladder where it is, yours will be relaxed all the time when you laugh, it's tighten. Mine's the other way around. I'm tight all the time and then relaxed when I laugh. So my giggling continence is more of my main condition. It's the one I fear the most. If you were to take a piece of paper and write the word laughter in the middle of it, and you had to write down the first things that come to mind, a lot of people go, oh, it's something I enjoy and it's something that I want to do a lot of the time. And for me, I'm the complete opposite. It's one of the biggest fears for me. People don't understand why until they know what happens. I basically wet myself. It's not pleasant at all, and in my life, I have to deal with it when it happens. That's why I had issues at my other school, because it was that fear of, if I come into school and make a fool out of myself, everyone's gonna know. People still ridicule me and call me names and things like that, 
it's not as bad as it was, but I just, it's to the point where I'll just ignore them because they want that reaction from me and it's best not to give them that reaction. If I was to be stood in front of the whole school or even in the middle of a teacher briefing and it happened and just knowing that everyone's looking at me and expecting something from me would like be one of my worst fears. I can't lie, it has happened in the past, but many people don't know, but I feel like I'm done hiding in the shadows. It manages to do it where you just find yourself emotionally touched mm. without really realising that it's going to creep up on you, really. It's a show that comes from such a genuine place. You know, it's not trying to be anything. It's not trying to impress us. It's not even really trying to entertain us. It's just putting a camera into the school environment and capturing what occurs. I think on the old days, Gary used to say things like long lost family he didn't enjoy because he felt emotionally manipulated. This doesn't do that to me. It gets me in in the in the heart and in the mind, but it does it without but, yeah. seemingly putting in any I effort. I suppose if you remember when we had was it David Brindley when we were talking about educating Yorkshire with him because he was one of the directors, wasn't he, or the producers on it? Unless I'm completely misconstruing it, it might be a different because I went to quite a few of the screenings yeah, you did. You, of yeah. the educating series. So this might have been one of the other ones where they were saying, you know they got all this footage and it, it may not have been initially a student who they were paying much attention to and then something caught on and they would go right we'll get some more interviews with this you know do some more talking head segments with them put this story together because they do spot things that they initially didn't think they would find and reviewing the footage oh this will make for a compelling story you know and you know they they knew they would get for example the stuff with the animals they thought mm. that would make a good story but it finding these other children who maybe they hadn't spotted on first glimpse and then and then you know expanding their their stories a little bit the, more the, the other thing that always fascinates me is the generation that we're watching is possibly the most media savvy generation there's ever mm. been you know lewis for example with the knife has a youtube channel and mm. and you know is very switched on and i'm sure when the cameras first go on that there is some playing about to the cameras but those talking heads, they do feel like you're just getting honest answers. I don't know quite how... But they the, they did the... say that they almost instantly forget that they're there. Mm. Again, yeah. when we've spoken to people involved with the series, you know, both behind and in front of the camera, they will always say, you know, you are savvy of them initially and the children do play... It's always surprising when you hear, like, the Big Brother house. Because I don't think I could ever... Know. It, like, if, even if I had a webcam on now speaking to you, I don't think I would be unaware of there not being a webcam on. You know, mm. but it's just it's just weird. But I do feel there's, there's such a genuine charm to it and an honesty. This exemplifies the best of what that genre can deliver. Definitely. It makes... The only thing that makes me upset is there's only four this year and it's going to end on, on, on the Povey... Povey team leaving and I, I'm interested you, to see how that all wraps up but I think they are wanting because it's been so long they are possibly wanting to revive this franchise I, I think so. they're wanting to uh, you know while watching this I was thinking they'll probably maybe want to do another one in a different school probably you know to cover 
how things have been sort of during and post-pandemic, I think mm. that is going to be a compelling story to tell. Possibly after Yorkshire and after Musharraf, they were, you know, they were trying to create, as you say, these bigger moments, these educating moments, such as that speech with Jacob at the end of the first episode. But it's even the smaller moments, like the little, the thing they were saying about the the selling of the sweets in the school and mm. things like that and the the almost wire-esque elements <laughs> to trying to sort of sell these sweets a lot of those well, and... a, um, there's a lot of those sweets i hadn't heard of as well chew it i mean i've heard like, of chew it what, what, no not really there was one that begins with an n that they kept saying as well that i'd never heard of it's like a, a double chocolate bar not a kinder bueno Bueno, yeah, I, I don't really know what that is either. I know I've been in lockdown for a while, but... <laughs> I don't know if it was... Because I was thinking, oh, you know, you lived in the States, but Chewits, you know, I had Chewits when I was... Like, were you just not allowed a lot of sugar? I can imagine you possibly weren't. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just never heard of Chewits. Chewits were like little, as they, as you would think, like chew, like wrapped up chewy sweets, like fruit chew, like almost like a Let wrapped up I... starburst. Uh, vaguely, yeah, that's like yeah. a starburst. Like an, yeah, and brother. then they also yeah. did sour ones as well, like sour chewits. Okay. Um, Kinder Bueno. Are, Kinder Bueno is like you know, it's the chocolate and of a Kinder egg, but more of a sort of nutty chocolate in a double bar. Okay. They also had those milky. Crispy rolls that I haven't seen for years. Yeah, crispy rolls. That was the other thing. Yeah. You never seen those? No, I don't think so. They were again. They are really old-fashioned sweets. They are like you know. I had them when I was growing up, but they are certainly of my you know my childhood, and we're the same age. I th- mm. I, th- I just don't think your parents let you have much sugar because they knew what you were like. <laughs> we love this series. We will always yep. love this series because it's one of those shows that. It's just genuine, and when it hits you, it really hits you. Uh, and I mean, I was uh, as they, I, I don't know, they didn't do the traditional opening, but I always appreciated the opening where it used to say, your school your days, school days. L- love them or hate them, <laughs> you'll always remember them. And I think it does have that relatability. You know, I don't know whether my folks could relate to it so much because there's no caning in it. And I think even our school days... You know we're relics compared to these kids, really. But there is, there there is a an element of a relatability of how you felt at that age, how daunting it was, how finding a place, how you know you were perhaps not good in one subject and was afraid to put your hand up and was became the class clown to cover things. You know, it's it's all. Even if you it were wasn't a bit you. like that for you, you just no, wore them. No, unfortunately not. Them no, I was, I was surprisingly quiet. And I'm surprised um, you haven't said, why are they allowed on their phones? phones that was the time. one thing where that, that Caitlin <laughs> rang her dad to talk about. She rang her dad to say how embarrassed she was That's about having this They job. wanted you to socialise during lunchtime, Luke. Did you not want to talk to anyone and you would rather just listen to music? That's my main memory of it. Being not able to play football or anything and being out in the freezing cold because you had to be outside at break time. You know what I did? I was in the school shows, so we got to rehearse at lunchtime. That's clever. (laughs) That's clever. What were you sort of on the stage or? Yeah, yeah. I had you down as a a lighting guy. (laughs) Props. Did you sort the curtain out? (laughs) It's so relatable and, and just so warm and we love it. It sadly concludes Tuesday, 
9.15 on 4. Shall we just say, put it out there that we are yes. looking for a new rewind? So if you've got yes. something that you think the, we should be watching. The only contender that Matt and I are semi-keen on is Bodies, which is Jeb Mercurio's show long before Line of Duty that, as we speak, is still all on the iPlayer. But, you know, you may not fancy watching that along with us. So there's something else that you would yeah. like us. But maybe... You've not seen it, and this might give you the impetus to start a show you've been think, meaning to cross off your list for a while. I think Bodies works because of um, there not being a ton of episodes. No. The, I don't know if we six, could say this, um, we would just watch one season of something rather than the entire okay, okay, run of it. Fine. You know, That's fine. The best way of getting in touch with us on that is via the Twitter, at CustardTVPod, or at Luke Custard TV or at Mass TV Bites, or send us an email via CustardTVReviews at gmail.com and uh, tell us, honestly, throw anything out. We do reserve the, the right to say we don't really want to do this high-concept Japanese sci-fi show, but we thank you for getting in touch. But on the whole, there's not much that... There's not many things where Matt and I haven't seen it, really. There's either, there's, it's a case of we've either seen it at some Both point. Seen it or one of us have seen one, it. Yeah, or... yeah. I can't think of much that we haven't ever watched and we'd be coming new to. But you yeah, might. I didn't think us. you'd seen this life until I just spoke to you. Then. Um, plus, if you have any comments on any of the shows we've discussed, we'd love to have some feedback from you on the Queen's Gambit educating. I'm a celeb. And industry, what did you think? Let us know. And the podcast will return next week where we'll be discussing more TV if we can find some. Bye. See ya. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.